Hi, this is Pat Blythe, and welcome to Love the Music. Today's date is Tuesday, November 9th, 2021. These are the Pandemic Interviews, Conversations in a Changing Time. We're hitching a ride on the Wayback Machine and going back to July 14, 2020, when I had the chance to sit down and have a chat with David Celia and his music and life partner, Marla. A very popular duo in the UK and Europe, they are often touring abroad several times a year. I met David Celia during my first Canadian Music Week in 2015. Bob Segarini actually introduced us as he was insistent, I hear this amazing guitarist. Celia was performing at the Cameron House with Cleve Anderson on drums and Tim Jackson on bass. I thoroughly enjoyed the first set and stayed for the second. Torontonian David Celia is a highly respected independent guitarist, singer, and songwriter. Crisscrossing Canada and Europe since 2005, Celia has built a large fan base across both continents. He was a member of the band Tarnish Galahad from 1989 to 1996. After they disbanded, Celia formed another band, Roundhouse, in 1996, followed by Invisible Inc. The band broke up in 2001, and Celia has been a solo artist ever since. That is, until he met Marla. Hired to produce her album in 2015-2016, they have been together ever since. Their voices are perfect, separately and together, blending in harmony seamlessly. Celia has performed with Sylvia Tyson, Andy Kim, and Quartet. He was an instructor at the National Guitar Workshop, has worked with Joe Besson of Prairie Oyster, Don Kerr, Ron Sexsmith, Rio Statics, Cleve Anderson, Blue Rodeo, Ben Mink, Katie Lang, FM, and so many more. Celia has released a total of eight albums to date, two with Tarnished Galahad, one with Invisible Ink, and four as solo projects. His most recent album, Indistinct Chatter, is a collaboration with Marla and was released just under three weeks ago on October 21st, 2021. So Marla, we'll start with you. All right, so I'm Marla. I'm uh, just freshly a quarter-life century old, and uh, and I'm from Germany, from Heidelberg, Germany, small town in uh, south, southwest Germany. And I started playing music when I was 16. I mean, I always played classical cello, but then I started teaching myself guitar. And one day I came across Mr. David Celia on my right. Uh, and uh, next thing you know, we were, uh, you know, we were inseparable and started playing music together. And ever since, that's like five years ago, we've been going back and forth, playing music across Europe and Canada. And you play... I, I, I mainly sing, so the vocal strings, I play those guys, and a, a bit of guitar. Yeah. So I'm like the rhythm, rhythm guitarist in our, in our duo, and then he, he plays solo, so we... And the cello, yeah. Yeah, I play the cello. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> classically trained. Mr. Celia? So I'm David Celia, and I <clears throat> started playing... Well, I started playing when I was quite young, on the drums, and then guitar, and then bars... And I was 17 with my friends and had a couple of bands and then ended up going starting family and I at the same time as beginning to tour in Europe and the UK and that became a regular kind of twice a year thing as my kids were growing older and 
things changed, uh, relationship d- dissolved, and uh, I kept touring as a solo act, and I met her, Marla, in about five years ago. It's a longer story, but basically we uh, have sin- I've since been really inspired to work with her. She's quite, quite the bandmate. I remember actually you telling me about her because she was coming over. You wanted him to produce some music that mm-hmm. you had done, and that's how you guys connected. Yeah. Where were you a year ago? What were you doing a year ago? And what did, where did you expect to be now? I think uh, a year ago we were just about, like we were playing Glastonbury Festival actually. Wow. Which she had been doing uh, like four times before and it was my first time. It was mind-blowing. There's 400,000 people in like a tiny, well a tiny space. Like yeah. it's still massive but crammed, right? Like a big city crammed. And... Uh, and then uh, I think after that we went back to Canada just about Jul- like mid of July, yeah, June, and June, probably June. were hanging like at this day a year ago in some cottage, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> hanging out and doing s- just probably yeah. playing. The, was the camera finished yet? Probably yeah, like still doing the camera now. I, I can't remember like if that was a <laughs> year ago or two years ago now. That's so bad. Where did you expect to be now? <coughs> Right. Here so or back over there. If you ask me this question every year of my life, I'd have the same answer. So I don't want to like say that I'm terrible for this topic, but I don't plan much ahead. So um, I don't think like I. I guess I know I'm always working on a record. So yeah, that's. I, I knew that I'd be eventually be recording no. or writing songs for a record because that's what I enjoy doing the most. And booking little tours and seeing where the wind blows. So, what's your current situation now? Because you just managed to get back in the country. Yeah, yeah, I got back here about a month ago, and then uh, now, so t- tomorrow, for example, we're going to take care of two cats, of friends of ours in Uxbridge. So we're going to have a house in the woods. So whatever, like what he said, wherever the wind blows, us kind of. But we're going back in September for one and a half months because we actually have like twenty-five dates in Europe. Tour dates. Like in front of people. Uh, the venues have all like yeah. we thought they would be gone, but they they all confirmed pretty much ninety nine percent of them are on board. Yeah. So we're doing those shows. And That's Germany, amazing. A couple in Hall, some in Holland and France. Right? I think France. That's it, yeah. 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 And um, but what was I going to say? When when it hit, we were on tour, so it was pretty yeah. wild. And we were we were our last show was in London, England, and that was the night like London were like okay. Uh, one guy can't show up. Apparently, he has coronavirus, and that's. And we took a, and we played the gig, and there was about half the audience. It was still a great night, and then we got on a, uh, we got on a flight to Spain, for our two weeks to where we would hang out in a villa, and garden, relax, write songs, mm-hmm. and we already had a few songs which we've been playing on that tour. So, basically, we're working on an album. And that's when it hit. And, and it was the first week of Spain. It was like, ha ha, like Madrid, you losers, where we were in the south. They were like, they were like showing up how healthy they are because it wasn't a big deal yet. It was my, my whole family. Italy was being swarmed, yeah. right? Yeah. Half my family lives in Spain and they were saying like this, the province we were in was the last province to not have a single case. And then it just came like from one day to another, like like everywhere in the world. Why right? we were like, there. Wildly. And then the week, the day we left, we were there, planned to be there for two weeks. We had to change all our flights. We had three shows canceled in France. We were supposed to fly back to France, then go to Heidelberg, and then I would come back to Canada. 
we were lucky that our airline, they blew out all their flights and they made eight rescue flights. You pick one that you want to go on. And we picked the one that was Switzerland close to Anyways, on the last day was full lockdown where we were. So we came in, free, left on the lockdown in Spain where it was pretty bad. Yeah. Wow, that was that would have been that would have been more frightening. Mm-hmm. We weren't scared. <laughs> the only thing we were scared of was what losing our flights, like just getting stuck. I guess. I, I think we even liked that option. Yeah, we were we were kind toying of with like stuck in Spain for six months. But I don't have help. I don't. Yeah, I mean, it, it's yeah, stuck in stuck in a really nice place for six months. It's, but still, you're still limited to what you can do and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, Spain would not have been a terrible option. Yeah. So you said you're writing. Mm-hmm. So has as as any of what's been going on out there um, had it reflected in any of your writing at all? I would Whether say it's the music or even the lyrics. Not really. Um, for me, I think except. Like, I, I don't try to write, so I think recently one of the songs that we wrote was, is like, it's, it could be about that, but that's about as close as I can think of. Yeah, it, we could have written that probably without COVID too, it's kind of about being like that people are overly paranoid or overly so. stressed by like, by, by like something like a higher goal that we forget, like, do we even want to get there or what, like, we forget where we want to go. Just like pressure that we feel yeah. it, especially in the western society yeah but uh no there's no corona songs no 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 not specifically corona songs but yeah. sometimes you know un- unwittingly or un- unknowingly it sort of gets it- it's reflected in the music mm-hmm. or can be reflected yeah. in the lyrics yeah, with you know you just sort of it depends on where you're tuning in or tuning out right it could be it could be missing each other yeah because we haven't seen each other like mm-hmm. any end product out of that yeah, I wrote some yeah. an- media angst songs <laughs> that I don't think are going to go on the record. <laughs> but definitely it includes my writing. It doesn't mean uh, you're yeah. going to hear it ever. <laughs> so how are you two coping personally? Uh, pretty good. Like when, when I entered uh, a month ago, we were so happy to be quarantine, uh, quarantining, 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 yeah. whatever, Quarantine. for, two, for two weeks. So yeah. that was, uh, we were like, great, we got to stay home. We get food from his dad dropped off at the doorstep or whatever, and uh, garden. yeah. Tons so he has he has a garden in so. uh, back at his house. So we love it. And other than that, we we're just careful with friends. But I mean, you know, like just less social contact. But that's actually good because we have a kind of a bit of a goal, and we get distracted enough anyway. So I think we've been zen lucky, just mm-hmm. like flying through stuff. Like our tour just ended. And then we were in Spain. We lost a few gigs out of put thirty or something, thirty-five, and came home and did what we would have normally done, all, kind mm-hmm. of without, but obviously with some strict rules. Like I had to quarantine first, and I've never really like, hey, I can't see anyone. I can't even go outside my door like for two weeks, yeah. and then enter that this new world. And then it's been pretty bizarre, actually. When it you is go out bizarre. into when you're inside, mm-hmm. it's the same. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna sit here and write all the time, mm-hmm. and it's just you know I don't even notice it. You step out that door, and it's like I was you, I can feel it. Mm. Both quarantines, though, I have to say, well, on my own, I was like, "Am I am I looking forward to get out? Yes. Am I gonna miss this? Yes." And then it, when she was there, it was the same thing, because we were getting like it was so clear of 
Any interruptions? And that's something about that was incredible. Like but we I were out in the backyard, digging, taking time, yeah. digging. Like th we weren't rushing anything. But you can also always make that choice of having exactly that again. Like yeah, it's nice because nice we had because we have a choice. Yeah. But if one day, we, like, yeah, it's nice to have to have it open anyway. Yeah. So live performance. Uh, now you've been performing a long time, but. For younger artists, newer artists, I mean, live performance is really key to the development of their career. What do you think is going to happen with the music scene out there going forward? Yeah, I think it's going to give a kick to the balls. A swift kick to the Corleone. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. About that, like, what happened right away was that everyone was going online, right? So, yeah. Uh, and our Facebook wall, like if you're like in the music world, like your face, entire Facebook wall was a festival because everyone was live right there, you know. And uh, and in a way, it's kind of it's it's cool that we have this ability of still being in touch and reaching out and still playing and having people listening. But at the same time, it just loses a bit of magic. It's there forever now. Everyone can see it all the time. Like. Like the whole thing of like where you go to a concert and you see a band and you're there and then you just soak it up then instead of having it always like around you and well you're and feeding back and forth right you feel yeah. the audience's energy they mm -hmm. feel yours yeah so it's a it's a very yeah. symbiotic relationship I think it's just another new experience like uh, mm -hmm. I'm always up we're I'm very adventurous musically I, like I I feel like I'm one of those people in this city in the world is even a little bit known through some of my closer friends as a guy who always gets the weird gig like now what are you doing oh my god now you're doing this like it's, I like I like an adventure in that way so it's 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 like oh this is I'm and the way I look at it is like what's what's going to be thrown at me next because I'm I don't feel like I'm actually looking for it but I guess I allow it yeah and I love it and she does too and we both I've met someone that totally loves it too like we just don't want it don't we might not know what's coming up around the corner. So anyway, doing these online concerts was super weird. Like, oh God, this is weird, but so is everything. <laughs> like, I don't want to keep doing this. I definitely, I definitely, there's something missing by not having that human interaction. Because when the person's in the room and you can see them, especially when I, whenever I've tried a new song my whole life, as soon as I show a new song to one person or 30 people or 100 I, in, I know what that song's about more than I did when I wrote it. Mm -hmm. There's something you get instantly, like, like, ooh, I don't like this song, or this is the wrong crap for this song. But that so depends on every huge, audience, too, right? symbiosis mm -hmm. going on. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. huge. That's, mm -hmm. that's important. Do you think the airwaves have been a little bit sort of overwhelmed and inundated with so many people streaming? I mean, it's just you've just got them on top of each other all the time. I'm already so happening with everybody getting a home studio and making their own records for the last yeah. 10, 20 years. But yeah. yeah. But that's not the same. They still didn't. Lot, well, this is now anyone can just pick up a. Anybody can. Yeah. And it's just, it's just yeah. they're one on top of the other. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people are getting frustrated and getting lost in the mix. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, would you work streaming with live performance? Do you think that if people can start to find a balance with that? Like if the future is going to be a mix of those? I think that's inevitable, yeah. People are going to... Because they were already trying to introduce it for ways of making money. Like, I, I know Frank Nevada was saying, hey, I got this gig, it actually pays. Like, you, you and me sit in a room and like... That was about eight years ago. Or yeah. Something. And it didn't sound very interesting. Like, fun. But it, it looked like fun to play with Frank and 
look there and assuming someone's watching and take a hundred bucks for it. Mm-hmm. And now that's what that's the norm. What do you think about all the drive-ins and stuff that are happening? The live performance, drive-in, so yeah, yeah, drive-in so, movie places. So using that, it as a concert. Yeah, mall. that's fun. Why not? They're starting to do that. The one oh, down here at the docks is opening for concerts. Yep. Oh. And they can get they can get two hundred cars in there at at s- distanced. Yeah. And do um, they they listen to it by opening their windows? The radios. It, yo, the drive-ins oh, they all so reverted to to, to your speakers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they listen to the speakers, and you've got mm-hmm. the live performers. Susie Corey's doing one up near Peterborough somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a blues one happening near London. I know Cheryl Lesko is singing so that, that. That aspect of it doesn't interest me too much. I will do it, but it's just like those dance, those raves where people mm-hmm. are all plugged in. Like, sure, it's something I'd try, but I don't see it being very riveting. Guitar twang and undulating Latin rhythm meet on the duetting Love of Life finale, leaving on an orchestral sweep and a reminder that while you may struggle to keep the boat afloat as the river rushes on, The love of life will take the wheel and steer. And that just when you think it's gone, it comes up behind you with sunshine at dawn. David and Marla never belabor the points they're making, but the sentiments are always there in the hum. The album title a reminder that often the whisper is far more effective than the scream. From the recent album Indistinct Chatter, here is Love of Life.
2020 is going to be a career killer for some, especially for those that aren't as well established. For sure, but at the same time, it's also a career starter. I think. I mean, I think more careers are going down. But like, I don't know. I just know my my sister is a fashion designer and she's self-employed, and she that was the first time when Corona started that she made a plus. Actually, she can start paying back her dues because a lot of people started going like like focusing on uh, on um, uh, no. Well, that too, but um, online, not, not big brands <coughs> like supporting your locals. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm just struggling with my English. Supporting That's okay. your locals and small brands and whatsoever, and uh, uh, putting focus on that. That like especially these people need help now. So for her, the business was going up, and she's been self-employed for five years, and it's been not so great. That's actually a really good. You skipped a few, mm-hmm. but that's a really good segue into one of my questions. Is the whole now that everybody is on a level playing field doesn't matter how famous or non-famous you are mm. everybody's on for the first time ever yeah. nobody you know everybody's shut down is this a golden opportunity for local musicians local businesses mm-hmm. it's you know you've got the shop local mm-hmm. buy local grow local mm-hmm. now is it listen local so they're more mm-hmm. focused on the individual communities mm-hmm. yeah. so a golden opportunity for local artists now yeah, like I try not to think of it as a negative thing. It's just always changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Art, the world, you know, Bob Dylan said it. The times are changing. <laughs> like if you listen to every lyric yeah. of that song, they're almost 100% relevant. Like it's going to change. Whatever you think is coming up, that's going to change too. Yep. Mm-hmm. But but in that sense, like I, to, to go back to that question, I, I do think that it's, it's a new start and people are getting just a... Like, it's just such a big break in the entire world that people actually go like, oh, yeah, we have been living in luxury. Where did my stuff come from? Or where did, like, any music that I listen to or whatever, like, it's just everything you ever want is always right there for you. And to, like, and I think just, like, you can tell, you know, like, everything that was garden-related was sold out in the first months because everyone was going back into nature, back into things they actually craft with their hands and realizing that it takes work to do things and not you can't just get everything for free all the time and I like a lot of people that I thought were just like 
I don't know, they, they don't ever think of that, have been going like, I've been coming back to my inner self and finding new ways of appreciating things. And in that sense, it's been, I think, changing a lot of people. Maybe a new yeah. spiritual awakening and everybody's learning how to make sourdough bread. Yeah. <laughs> but we're still talking, sadly, about 1% probably. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been an increase, so. Yeah. And in a way, that digital thing for, like, business meetings. Yeah. Gosh, do I remember saying goodbye to my dad for a meeting. And, like, for one day, you would fly to Spain and back the next day. Or, like, people do that all the time. And uh, because there's so many people, they were like, no, I don't want to do online Skype meetings or something. Just, like, going old-fashioned. But they had no choice. So now... That's gonna very much gonna like reduce lower, the reduce the flights that are being like, like especially for business because yeah, you can't. They don't need to see each other. They're not friends or lovers or whatever or right. doing a holiday. Mm -hmm. So that's literally they can. Everyone can stay in their town and meet online, and that's it. Not yeah. flight they should have special flight. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Exceptions. Allowances. Allowances yeah. for mm -hmm. musicians. Mm -hmm. But business is like no, no, no. Yeah, you stay in your Zoom meeting. You stay yeah. home. Yep. Do you think? you could plan for something like this you know you think of the boy scout battle right always be prepared do you think people could have been or could prepare or plan better for something like this i mean having a pandemic is not new i mean mm -hmm. they they do literally happen about every hundred years mm -hmm. and we're and we're right in the mark now mm -hmm. for if you go back to 1918 i mean we're only two years out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that that rocked you know, a whole year and a bit. So 1918, 1919, 1917. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if, if uh, we just don't learn our lessons or, yeah. but I got to thinking about it. It's like, could we, could we have been more prepared or could you, you think people could have planned better? I mean, musicians to me have a lot more adaptability and flexibility mm -hmm. because it is a gig economy. So you can go with the flow a little bit more than, you know, your nine to five for sure. You can bust yeah, and there's a lot of creativity involved in, in arts and entertainment as well. Mm -hmm. So, But the planning and preparation, do you think people could have, think we could have done a little bit better? Are you, are you talking about all people or musicians? Well, or I'm, lo I'm looking basically at musicians mm -hmm. or guess, the arts and entertainment. I guess if we knew, just not like I felt really bad for so many people who had a tour planned right for that time or like I guess just... Like, whatever routine they have anyway, they could have just moved, like, if they knew, right? Like, not plan yeah, plan something that includes traveling or touring or needing crowds, like, for that time period. But, but you, what would you have prepared for something? I don't even know, because I don't even think, yes. of, think we would need to hamster binge by or whatever. I don't even, like, I, it doesn't take much preparation. But no. musically, I mean, some musicians sort of... It, they delay a lot of their projects. They delay going into the studio. They delay mm -hmm. writing the song. There's always something else I, in front of them. I say so. take a break and do some other job for a change. Because doing music all the time didn't make sense to me. Even though I'm a full-time musician, uh, I have other hobbies. Like, you have to have other kind of things. Because mm -hmm. it, it, it just... I, I've heard this in interviews, like Billy Bragg or Neil Young. They always say like I can't do music all the time because it's true you yeah. over you over it's nice to have a break so I'd say to accept that's but that's not really answering your question I think like accepting shit that flies your way and doing something else that you're good at you know or help others teach you know it's still music yeah but uh, preparing 
Well, sorry, so did you say... What so do you think been? anybody could possibly have been could prepared for prepared. something like this? I guess if we, next hundred years, we say, hey, there might be a pandemic. I think that's living a little fearfully. I wouldn't. I wouldn't no. bother. Mm-hmm. Just life is short. Like you got to focus on what you think is important. Yep, that's fine. Mm-hmm. A little bit of the research I've done on, on some of this, because I started looking some stuff up online. And one of the things that's really happened is that the sale of uh, online sale of musical instruments, yeah, um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even stuff. But it, aside from the home recording stuff, instruments in particular. And the other thing that's been happening is that musicians who have you may play the guitar now, maybe learned the flute twenty years ago, mm-hmm. or if you're a drummer, the guitar is collecting dust in the closet. I mean, it's not a new instrument to you. Mm-hmm. But it is something that is not your primary instrument or something maybe that you haven't played in 20 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. They're all being dusted off and coming out of the closet. Mm-hmm. That tends to lead to, if you're, I'm going to say a drummer, learning guitar, your approach to a song, songwriting, a music, it changes with the instruments. Totally so, yeah. do you, so the question is, do you think that there might be a bit of a renaissance in the music business over the next five or ten years? I, I, I feel it already. Like, it seems like that's what we're heading towards. And more back to roots. Well, my son, you know, and my daughter, the younger two, uh, the older got into music and blah, blah, blah. But they, they, um, they got their computers and they got their Roblox. Anyways, when my son comes over now, all of a sudden he's like, Dad, which electric guitars do you have? And like... I know he plays the piano, but he doesn't really play the guitar. This is since I got back. Mm-hmm. So we sit down and pull out the guitar, and I'm showing him like a Weezer song, power chords, and then next thing you know, we're there for three hours. And this keeps happening now when he comes over so far that he he was over, he's doing Black Magic Woman the whole week. He's letting five hours guitar lesson with my son so that when he goes back to his mom's, and I gave him a Strat, I gave him some pedals, extra pedals in an amp, He's all set to go. And he jams all the time now. And he's getting, he's met a girl that plays bass and he's playing with her now. So that's COVID related. Like, and he's, yeah. he's on the rowing team, but they can't row. He's got a lot of songs under his belt now. Like, Should I Stay or Should I Go? You know, like he's learning it's all the good stuff too. So Roots is, it's a Roots renaissance. There's an example of what he was saying. Yeah, that's a really good example. Mm-hmm. And so that, and that's brand new to him. Piano, piano. He's been. My yeah. daughter's been doing the right. same thing with piano us. She's getting uh, getting us to play with her a lot. Yeah, but the guitar yes. is brand new. Yeah. Too. And also the music, the music direction. Like he's been listening to a lot of new, like new music, hip hop, and and if anything older, it was would be like the teenage group Link One Eighty Two or Green Day or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now he's going way back for yeah, sure. For a fifteen-year-old. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's great. Yeah, and that's 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 exa- that's a perfect answer because that's basically what I've been looking yeah. for. Yeah. I've, I've had a hard time with people during this whole COVID time going like, "Oh, I'm so bored." It's like, what? Isn't this like? Doesn't everyone not ca- like that always complain that they can't catch up with everything they want to do in their home? Now go learn Italian. Go learn how to freaking make sweaters like your grandma did and yeah. that you love so much and whatever like there's so like there's mm-hmm. so much so much to to find joy in it's so it's much. so much that like that yeah that i think this like i almost thought right away like and i, I just looked at my parents working too much and 
my mom, like during COVID, just starting to become happier and the plants on our balcony being happier and everything, you know. And it was just like, I was so happy because it felt like the world is getting a break that was really needed, like just a reset to like, I don't know, just filter out maybe and, and like change decisions and notice if you're happy or not with all like your everyday life. And I hope people maybe uh, just worship like themselves a bit more, not worship, that's the wrong word, just take care of themselves mm-hmm. a bit more. Don't, like, Respected just, themselves a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Just don't hunt the money all the time or just see maybe, hey, maybe I don't need so much or, yeah, anyway. Money, yeah. Yep. We need money, but it's also the, it's the face of the devil, like, uh, hey, more, just take me and like have a lot of me and like win this and then like just get this. But do you think this might encourage more of a bartering system? What is bartering? Trading. Bartering oh, is trading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I sure hope so. I I think, I, I mean, in a way, like, if you think about it, people are, like, one, one of these things is building things or making things themselves, and they'll yeah. notice, like, I always think that, like, they'll notice, hey, you don't need so much money if you make things yourself and instead of just buying the finished product. Brand new stuff. Or, or brand new stuff. And I, uh, I don't know. I mean, we're so much into that. Like, we haven't probably bought anything new in, like, five years. Like everything. I can't say the same so, for myself. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's got to keep them in business. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, we, we're like, a, like, we find stuff all the time. So now's the time where you find a lot of stuff. And I saw it in Germany, like, especially in Berlin 15 or 20 years ago. There, You'd always see stuff on a corner and you'd be like, hey, that's good stuff in like vintage books. People yeah. are done with something, they put it out on the street first. Paintings, records, anything you can think of, furniture. And that wasn't here yet. Now I'm seeing that, actually, just yeah. in the last year. Like, really, people have too much shit. They used to just toss it in the garbage. But they're realizing, hey, this is actually really nice, but I don't want it anymore. They put it out on the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every Toronto street, I can't believe it this summer. You can find, like... Well, especially... This well, because everybody's emptying out. out their yeah, houses, right? But they used to just bin it. You wouldn't yeah. see, like, little garage... Well, we, in here, sales. around here, it would be yard sales. And we'd or have huge for, yard sales, yeah, right? Been, yeah. And I thought, man, there are going to be some good yard sales because I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like well-loved, well-worn, well-used stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I thought, oh, great. COVID, everybody's cleaning out yard sales. Not a one. Opening with Spanish guitar notes before taking up what, in their terms, is a positively funky rhythm. Mama Nature initially continues with that heady, summery 70s vibe before breaking out in a noisy, discordant bridge that musically captures the strife caused by humanity against Mother Nature. From their recent album, Indistinct Chatter, here's Mama Nature. It's a dark cloud we're traveling on People see what they want to see Forest fresh water run through this great land Brings mama to take a stand Stockpiling all that you've got Interest is right 
which really leads into collaboration among artists. Now, when I talked to your brother, Mike, he has come up with, a, he wants to start sort of getting the community together and not necessarily collaborating more in music, but collaborating, sort of having each other's back and maybe changing the whole approach to being on one team, especially with the venue owners. Because they're saying, you know, collaborate. Because the venue owners, the venues need what will survive. They need the musicians to draw on the crowd. The musicians need the business. They bring in the crowd. It's changed a lot in the last 40 years. We've gone from guarantees to tip jars to pay to play. Mm -hmm. Maybe everything's having a bit of a rethink. And I know that Mike has been sort of trying to get uh, musicians together to say, okay, this is not not a, not in a head you know, headbutting way, but to say, okay, let's co collaborate, and it is kind of like a bartering thing, mm -hmm. but getting, but but working with the venues and working with each other and not always at odds. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that might this might precipitate something like that? But but it doesn't sound like it should be a bad thing at all, and it sounds like I think I've seen Mike's post something about that yeah. once too. So I can, as long as you know, it keeps. Yeah, like when things start opening up and people adopt that attitude and be fair, it should be, it should be great. But but definitely like that thought of like having a collective or whatever amongst friends or a neighborhood or something where you go like, where you do a thing like skill sharing, you know, like someone is a graphic designer and someone is a musician and someone's got other like skills and you trade instead of like paying. So like it kind of works out. You go like, hey, can you fix that faucet for me? I'll do a happy birthday song for your grandma. I'll write yeah. one. There you go. Yeah. There's, you know. Th there's going to be some ironing out, probably, mm -hmm. like of what's worth what. Like if, like you'll get a lot of older school musicians who already think the venues ripped them off. Right. That's a big issue, and that's true. Well, there's there's some truth to that too because venues are running a business. And the, the music that their bands, artists are performing, they, they slowly were getting paid less and less. And the people weren't, you know, so nobody wanted to play anymore. They, they couldn't get gigs because it's like someone would just be in there and play for nothing. Mm -hmm. So there's that issue. you got to keep that in mind. And people who are playing music for free and just undercutting, and that's already yeah. been happening, like, especially yeah. in television and film. Well, maybe not big film, but, like, everything's been squashed. So, hey, like... The, the contract for a licensing uh, of a TV show or something, it's like really bad deal and they probably want to own it exclusively unless you know better and get rid of that uh, and if you don't that's too bad, we just got this other person here who's going to give away everything their, their songwriter rights, you know, all their rights yeah. just for 500 bucks or 300 bucks they don't care, they'll just keep pumping out material and they'll probably even copy your riff a little bit so think yeah because the conversation i had last night uh was that and a number of musicians have said this is that we basically shot ourselves in the foot mm -hmm. the musicians have you know they started with bands would play for less venue owners would find out that band a played for two hundred dollars less so did they get it mm -hmm. and they started and then people got in for i'll play for the tip jar, I'll play for free, I'll, mm -hmm. and it's just escalated. Mm -hmm. Years ago, you had the unions, the musicians' union was always on top of the bar owners and the musicians, mm -hmm. uh, and the bookers and promoters would actually go in, You bar owner would have to sign a contract 
And so how did so, we shoot ourselves in the foot? Because bands started playing for less. For less. The, the bar owner would say, oh, well, you know, I can't really do a thousand will you take 700 and the band would go okay then he would tell his buddy down the street hey i just got these guys for 700 so it would start and then bands would would, would be less and less the musicians union got less involved for some reason i don't know why um and to the point where new so many new bands were coming in it's like i'll do it for free Mm -hmm. so they really started to undercut themselves and you could say like they kind of stabbed Those, like those are the those. It just takes a handful of them to yep. ruin it for the ones who didn't want to shoot themselves. Right? Yep. And then the other thing is the whole thing just exploded anyway because, or sorry, imploded because. The real issue is nobody's going to see live music as much as they used to. Like that time you're talking about, that's what people did. They went out. They didn't go watching. Those were the times. I mean, we both. You get that that mystery. You don't know what you're gonna see when you get there. That's gone. There's so many reasons. Like, you can't even. You can get angry, but you can't really get angry because it's just technology. Like, now that's the way it is. Like people. Yeah, I think we can bring it back, though. Do you think there's an opportunity to bring that back now? Which is, I think, what essentially what Mike's trying to work on. And by the way, Mike Celia is David's brother. For the record, now. For the record, yeah. also singer, songwriter, guitar player. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, now people I think are noticing they miss it because it's it's that that's the other thing. Like live music was everywhere now. Like there was such overuse of everything basically that you could always at any time have anything you want. I mean, obviously in a big city it's different. Like you, that that's what is the char- the charm of a big city. You can you can have entertainment at every corner basically. But uh, now, since it's been gone, I think people are really noticing how much they really love that and how much they took it for granted. So in a way, I uh, like I, I think that live music will be looked at in a very different way. Will, will be like worshipped and oh, I said that again, appreciated in a in a very different way. And I hope it lasts this time. That you know, people talk about it and also just about how where the music business went that you can stream music for free all the time. And that Spotify is one of the richest companies these days, and the musicians aren't. And uh, it's, it happens so often that after a show, people go like, "Can I buy a CD?" And they're like, "Oh, never mind. Are you on Spotify?" And they're like, "Okay, I'll get you there." Yeah. And and I think it's important that maybe people, like musicians, also even speak up and go like, "That's that's fine." But let me just tell you something about Spotify. I get like twenty cents if you buy, like get my record there if you listen to my record, and uh, I get ten dollars or fifteen dollars. $20 for if you buy my album right now, you know, so mm-hmm. um, and people, like, I've done it sometimes, and they'll go like, are you serious? Yeah, and they've gone away now. going like, thank you so much, I will from now on buy records at shows way more, I haven't realized yeah. and it's... Uh, yeah, no, a lot of people don't realize, so really hopefully, do you think maybe this whole pandemic situation has brought about more heightened awareness mm-hmm. and respect mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. musicians? Mm-hmm. And arts and entertainment generally, but music music and musicians specifically. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. yeah. Maybe increased recognition and respect for what I they think do? So yeah, we've got a few donators. Like some people that come to our shows they they sent us donations. Money. Like just hard money, like hey, I we I'm coming to see it to Cameron, uh, here's a couple hundred bucks and then this guy sent it two more times. 
Wow. Like, he has a little fund that he's giving out to other musicians, too, and he's picking the ones that he'd go see. Yeah. That's really thoughtful. Yeah. Wow. It's really, like, you just get goosebumps. Like, what? I can't believe it. Yeah, it's true. You've done well by the camera. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, yeah, because you've been playing there a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what have you learned from all this? So far, what's going on, you mean? Mm -hmm. Just that nothing is forever in a way. Like you can't, there's always like sort of change like coming. That Kind of in that sense, like you can never expect to be not like... Uh, knocked off your of your chair or, or something so I don't know to be I don't know open to open to big changes open to something that might be life-changing but then maybe opening an, a new door after like for I mean there's so many people that got hit so hard you know and uh, <coughs> and are going bankrupt or have lost people sorry that I sort of said the lost people first yeah. but uh, I mean yeah. so we, we've been pretty lucky so I find we have a like an easy time talking about it, you know. But uh, just, I, I guess, like, what what can you take from it is literally appreciation for what what we have, like, out here in this Western world. It's just more reinforcement to do mm -hmm. what you love, mm -hmm. which you're seeing yep. people who are getting hit hard, and then they're just they lost everything, they lost their business or whatever, and then they're just holding on to what they treasure dearly, and it could be family, but they're being pushed into that direction where maybe they're like, hey, I think this is a hint, you know. Like, Wake up, do what you love, and it's just been more appreciation for me. Mm -hmm. so learning to appreciate. Sort of the be here now syndrome, mm -hmm. and enjoy the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sort of. Two positives to come out of it: one professional, and one personal. Mm -hmm. um, it's a question. It's a yeah, question. No, <laughs> 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 Both. I'll take both. <laughs> um, in a professional sense, I would have said the break, but it was exactly where we planned to have a break. Like, as you said, we had the tour right in front, now we have our next one coming up. That's Everything went how it would have gone. So, uh, But in a way, still, there's still sort of a break, right? So Yeah, being forced to stop. Being forced to stop. That's a big but pause. So. Everyone at the same time, so you shouldn't feel guilty when you're doing nothing for two weeks. Just don't feel bad. Do nothing for two weeks for a change. Mm -hmm. The rat race is taking a break. As know? for the as for the private side, I go personal. I my dad worked too much. My mom complained too much about him working too much. <laughs> that stopped. They found they found a really good middle now, and uh, it really helped something that's been going on for years with my parents. And right. it really helped it. Like it was, he, my dad was forced to stop, and he still went in the office every day because they were self-employed. But then, like there was not much work, so there was a balance. She totally reminded Huge me. Thing. My mom and dad mm -hmm. don't get along at all. They they have separate rooms. They live in the same home out of default, by default. Don't like each other. They are talking though. Then my mom makes him food again. He offers her food. They discuss things. They don't argue. We can't believe it. It's like the, what do you, what, like, what? Yeah. Well, because that's the thing, bears, right? Bears haven't been shitting in the woods. That doesn't mm -hmm. make sense, but you know what I mean? Yeah, it does. 
It's unbelievable. Like that's the last few months. That's the thing. Like we, we became more humans again. We we care for each other. We we, we look after each other. <coughs> and 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 you're like so faced but like we're all looking at the like how bad it could hit us and we're thankful for what we have and we start to go like what are we fighting for, right? Or what's like what is does it really matter all the stress we've been having? So them being like just even talking is such a big step. It's been like 25 years or 30 since not doing that, living in the same house. Being so nice, being nice in general is one of the things that I feel like is more predominant now. When you walk around, even in Toronto, like you just get a feeling like, hey, everyone's being a little nicer. They also appreciate it. I like that. It's you think people are reaching out more and communicating more, learning how to communicate better? Mm -hmm. Could be. I, I don't know. Not me. Nothing has changed. I, I don't know. But it sounds I like it has with your parents. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I think, like, well, yeah, when it started, it's like, oh, now you're going to get to know your neighbors really well, right? So, mm -hmm. so like, the, the close touch or, or, like, calling up a really, like, an old friend yeah. or, like, calling up people that really mm -hmm. matter, like, I think in that sense, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, because... Yeah, like having the time to just sit there and talk to your old friend for two hours on the telephone, because like because you know like everyone's everyone's got time right now. I mean, more than other times. So I think that was definitely a big a aspect of this. Yeah. Maybe it'll teach us to take more time. Mm-hmm. Maybe become yeah, aware of it. When people say they don't have time, I'm always like, no, no, you got to take the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the big ones, right? Mm -hmm. That's yeah. harder to do as you get older. <laughs> Because there's so many things. No, no, want to do. I'm it's running like... out of time. Literally, <laughs> look at me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, so everybody, and this is this is this has been an interesting question because of the answers I've been getting. Everybody has a favorite artist. Doesn't matter if you're in the top one percent. Elton John, I'm sure, has a favorite artist. Mick Jagger, I'm sure, has a favorite artist or guitar player or whatever. Mm. So. Who would you, of all your favorite artists, who would you want to open for? Hmm. Or work with? Share a stage with? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it can be individually. It doesn't have yeah. to be the... Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a big one. Recently. Oh, <laughs> kind of, we kind of, we were supposed to open for Kiefer Sutherland. He's apparently very good. We just, we opened up for him in Germany for four shows and he liked it a lot and he told us twice on the tour even in front of the manager in September we're going to get these guys to do the Canadian tour and the management were like they couldn't avoid it like they they got along with us and everything but he was like no no they're coming on tour with us so that's all cancelled but even though I'm not a f like I kind of I don't want to pick him as my number one for sure obviously it'd be somebody like Roger Waters or mm -hmm. or or that, but I, I was. Yeah. But I kind of wish that tour happened because I want to. I want to. It would be fun to tour with an old, like a slightly old, Canadian actor with a father who's also slightly like slightly amazing. mature Canadian actor. Yes, more <laughs> mature. But it was we got along with him with yeah. Kiefer, and it was fun. And I just I wanted to do that tour because I think it would be fun. The, his band was really cute. They were really nice. We got along with them. Mm -hmm. anyway. But if you had a choice. Yeah. Your favorite. I, yeah. I was going to say, 
honestly, like, uh, even though I'm not nearly as big a fan as you or whatever, I mean, Neil Young is just such an oh, yeah. interesting, interesting human. That's so, pretty much. I mean, that's like, okay, it's like, are we talking like that level or are we talking something more approachable? But if you had a choice, like, Good choice. I really think that would be... Or Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Crosby, that's, then you get that's a bunch the of ultimatum. That's, like, you get, yeah. Every, get yeah the exactly. Hollies. Get so that's see because that's the thing like okay, there's more than one but yeah one, i get yeah. your point but they are yeah. bands yeah well yeah i just i just think like you know paul mccartney his live shows they're just like the live shows we like complain about where there is no like no touch anymore it's just a li- like a, just a show you know mm-hmm. in so a way organized. but i feel like neil young would just bring you right back it's to true. the 70s he doesn't do the program he does whatever he Never wants has. That's so right. I, I think what I really like, besides that it's like he's a mus- musical genius, I would like love the feeling of just being at a real like rock show. Because you know? rock shows, that was part of the spectacular aspect of it, was that it wasn't that organized. It was spontaneous, yeah. Now you have to have everything fit the production team or else it's like, who do you think you are? Like, mm-hmm. unless you're Neil, you have to already be established to say, this is who I am and this is what we're doing. We're not going to make it the same every night. Mm-hmm. Do you think? What do you think it's going to take to get people back out to see live music? Some are saying the vaccine. Not everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally. Just what do you think is going to draw them out? Just yeah, like just probably uh, people slowly warming up to it. It'll be a slow process. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. An opportunity for maybe some of the smaller venues like Cameron House or mm-hmm. Cherry Colas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so painted lady to do else, the yeah. Neil Young thing like the coffee houses mm-hmm. you know where you can have if you can only have 50% capacity so maybe you've only if your venue can only have 100 people you mm-hmm. have 50 people which is all you fit in the coffee houses mm-hmm. anyway Yorkville in the late 60s yeah, it's you hard know. to go see a big concert that was good anymore anyways yeah like you, you you're only get, like the last time I saw probably a, a mind-blowing massive concert was actually U2's Joshua Tree. Mm. Like, I couldn't believe it. It was still like, he's fucking with and us. Roger Waters. He picks up the phone and he calls the White House. And, like, somebody trips, a security guard trips a, someone in the audience and Bono stops the band. And, like, you like, at at the CNE, you know, and, like, he stops the show. And, like, this is all spontaneity. These are the things that made that concert. Like, what are they going to do next? You know, like, that's... Yeah, so small concerts, small shows, you're going to get that when you're at the camera. You're going to... You're not sure... Like well, if they're I'm gonna fall on their face or try a whole spontaneous. Thing. I, I was really sad to like come back here and go like, oh man, like in Germany since two three weeks before I came, like the concerts were already on. Like it's just under a hundred people capacity, and they have to have the safety distance, you know, and probably wear a mask in like indoors. No, indoors we have to wear a mask. Doesn't matter where. So I, I came here and I was like a little bit like sad about how things were taking like like what was prioritized and that basically everything was open mm-hmm. or accessible except the arts in a way like the arts altogether yeah. uh, so everything that was bringing in money or was somehow government related like you know just like just survival anyway I, I guess I don't know the facts too much especially here in Canada but I was really sad to hear that you can't have live music even though you're having 20 people or whatever especially with the rents in the city like how our venues, all venues are going to go down. Venues are going down the drain. That's it. That's all I have. You've just listened to a conversation I had 
with singer-songwriters David Celia and his partner Marla in July 2020. It's the first opportunity I've had to chat with both of them together. I apologize for the air conditioner in the background, focused on the conversations and not realizing how much noise that thing actually makes. These conversations are pretty grassroots and it's been a live and learn experience. Many thanks to Eddie and Quincy Bullen and Paul DeLong for writing and performing the theme music for the show. And to those of you tuned in, thank you for taking the time to listen, inviting us into your cars, offices, and homes. I would also like to recognize Mike Davies of VRUM Radio, located in the Midlands in England. I used Mike's colorful descriptions of the two songs chosen 